Hello and welcome to the uplevelmind.com podcast. My name is Drasco and I'm your host for this Real Talk segment where each episode I bring on a heart-centered entrepreneur and live on the call coached him through one central question. Are my business problems actually me problems? In that, I help them uncover why despite knowing all of the business strategies and having done all of the business courses, they are unable to get past their current revenue plateau. Each guest leaves with a deeper understanding of what inner narratives and patterns they need to overcome to realize their next revenue milestone. Without further ado, here's today's guest. Today's guest is Inez Caps, who coaches women in consulting to thrive in their careers. So this is providing all of her 20 years of consulting experience and trainings. Uh, she's also a serial entrepreneur who has founded, grown, and sold and closed five businesses. And uh, as a business plan judge, she's actually reviewed more than 500 business plans in the last 12 years. In addition to this, she's also a public speaker and a best-selling author. Nez, thank you very much for being on. How are you doing today? Hi, Dasko. Thank you so much for having me. I'm absolutely perfect. I we have a wonderful weather here in in Hamburg in Germany. Um, yeah, and I'm super excited to to dive into. I'm super excited to dive into it as well because I mean, even just reading your bio, right? There's this like vast years long experience of diving into business i'm assuming in multiple different areas right so it's always cool when um you know i got somebody with your level of experience to kind of dive into this work so i'm you know very excited to learn more about like how did you get to doing what you're doing you know your entrepreneurial story give us some context for that yeah so uh thank you so much um listening to the bio i i just realized well um, for all the listeners, um, they might uh, might ask, well, how the heck, why is she here? What does she need? And um, yes, there is um, a lot of experience. I've, I've um, grown um, consulting companies. I've closed consulting companies. I've um, tried to um, establish with a team of really good friends a um, business in renewable energies 10 years ago, and that didn't fly. Um, when I was growing my consulting company um, by myself, it was super successful for eight years. I've closed it because um, I wanted to work more in a team. Um, and that's, that's the, uh, the reason why I um, went back to corporate. And all this situation, um, especially now in, in corporate and also my, my um, whole uh, life previously, um, I've seen very few women thriving in management consulting. I'm in a very technical field of management consulting. So digital transformation in uh, renewable and in also in pharmaceutical and engine engineering industries. And I'm just really um, fed up with being on my own. So I'm not always uh, the single woman on, on the t um, in the room, but in, in a lot of um, situations. And I also see that a lot of young women really uh, lack self-confidence and lack the courage to take on big projects, to take on uh, exciting projects. And that's what I want to change. And that's my mission and my thrive to coach women in consulting. 
beautiful. So it's like this, not only long-term interplay of like the technical skills and expertise that you have gained, but then there's also like this human mission of, well, like I want other women to follow in my footsteps. I, I want to be somebody that gives them that invitation that like, not only is it okay, but like you can thrive in here. You don't have to be intimidated. Um, and there is a place for you here. So is that how you would describe it as well? Absolutely. And um, I just, I fundamentally, fundamentally believe that um, consulting is such an amazing, versatile industry that is very flexible. And also um, uh, through the period of uh, corona, uh, corona crisis, so through the pandemic, it really changed a lot. So it's not necessary to be at the client um, five days a week anymore. So there is way less travel. And I think that's now the perfect opportunity to to really also combine it with um, yes, yeah, staying at home, um, have uh, raising a family, and being more flexible. And what I also see is that um, consulting companies they are currently also losing um, projects because they don't have uh, diverse teams um, working at the client. And as we all know, um, diverse teams are really performing much better and they are way more innovative. So there is a huge market potential, a huge need for consulting firms to become more diverse. Love it. And yeah, I mean, I haven't spent as much time in, in the corporate world, but yeah, I mean that, like, there's nothing about that, that I'm like, yeah, everything about that makes sense. And it's a beautiful vision. So I, I applaud you for it. So what I'm then curious is like, if you're looking at your business right now, like what are the business problems that you are running into in your words? The business problems I'm running into is I have, um, did, I did my market analysis and I, I asked a lot of women, not all, or a lot of consultants, women and men, um, whether the coaching approach I have whether there is a market and what they would need. So I've um, tailored my um, co coaching approach exactly to this market, to the needs, and also to the uh, work life of a consultant. And my idea was um, to approach companies and sell my coaching um, approach to companies so that I have, um, let's say, a business to business and then I support consulting companies in developing their female talents. And the reaction is limited. And when I also um, talk to directly to consultants, um, and it's predominantly younger consultants, they are not ready to invest in their career. So I'm, and the other um, element is that I was um, invited to um, business uh, meetings with entrepreneurs, so female entrepreneurs, and they loved my coaching approach. So I'm currently I'm self-doubting whether in order to scale up my business, I should broaden my markets um, and broaden my marketing not only to cons my niche consulting and broaden it to more being more general okay and as a consultant who 
helps other people break down questions like this, what would you say to somebody like yourself? I would challenge um, this approach um, because the data um, shows that um, being um, focused and being clear in your marketing and in your niche is the, the best way to build your brand and not being in a thousand different um, uh, markets. So um, when, I, when I also do evaluate business plans, that's also always my element where I said, focus on the niche, there is a market, you've done the, uh, the research, you know there is a market, go for it. And for me, it's like, Ines, you know, <laughs> you know the, the, the answer. Um, and I'm questioning myself is, do I just need to be more patient? And patience is not <laughs> something that I'm really um, diving in. Got it. So in that instance, right, like knowing, quote unquote, what the right answer should be, right? Like I'm going to mm -hmm. niche down and I'm going to focus on that. That's known to be the better way to proceed with this business problem on the surface. Just for my own clarification, then the niche you are talking about in this instance is coaching women who want to be in consulting to step into that role. And it's like, should I focus on that or should I broaden? Like that's at the crux of the, the business. That's exactly. So, so my, my niche is management consulting companies, mid-sized and big ones. And um, the client would be HR of a consulting firm and my coaches would be the women in a consulting firms. Okay. The coaches. Okay. So the, so you would be pitching the company exactly. to take their female staff that they have on uh, like in their consulting firm, coach them to perform better in their roles. Exactly. To perform better in their roles and to be, confident and clear and also courageous to pitch for their next promotion so my the the results is a business case for their promotion with uh, a business network that they are growing within uh, my co um, coaching program and also with the confidence to really negotiate their uh, promotion so it's starting um build, starting with confidence building the network speaking up and then having a business case for your promotion to get the next step got it so in that case and well okay so let's actually look at this in a few different ways so you mentioned okay there there's a level of and i'm going to choose some words and you can correct me if the words don't resonate mm -hmm. with you but there, there's a level of like, whether it's inauthenticity or maybe integrity that like, okay, if I'm coaching them on confidence, but then I'm not confident to pick and choose and like pull the trigger on what it is that I feel like I need to do, that kind of stops me from doing it. So does any of that resonate with you or that's not really the narrative? It's, it does. And I, I would add here the, the term trust. But I, and I, I think that, that 
also is is con connected with confidence that I I can trust myself that a I have all the experience that it's needed I have all the network I have I have the program I have and I have the clients and my, my first clients that who um, asked me to do a keynote on this topic was KPMG Switzerland so where I said Ines what the heck just go for it <laughs> okay so you trust that like the, the process works you know your stuff you know your network you know your experience so then where is the lack of trust to pull the trigger like what's so scary about the, that the, the lack of trust um of lack of trust for me is to um have the guts um take the name i mean um kpmg switzerland published my my um uh, my keynote uh, on LinkedIn. So just taking that and then broaden it as, as marketing, where I said, listen, if KPMG Switzerland is um, open to work with me, hey guys, you can really work with me. And I think it's, yeah, it's trusting myself and um, also being um, courageous enough to become even more visible. So I'm, I'm already visible, but I think I need and I want to become even more visible that people reach out to me and say, she is the expert for this. Okay. So that's really interesting because like KPNG is not like a small company that people don't know about, right? Like it's, it's a pretty uh, big international company. So KPNG has posted like, hey, look how cool we are. We bring speakers like this to talk to you know, our people about this, but then there's a part of you that is scared to be visible in that bright light. So yeah. what's coming up <laughs> for you as I share that? It, it, it's like, really, I can't believe that's, that's the case. And I'm, I want to be in this spotlight and at the same time, I'm scared of this spotlight. So it's, it's like this, I, I have ever, I've always dreamed of this. And now it's, I'm just this, for me, this tiny footstep of my dream coming true. And it's, it's this scary that I'm ever actually making my dreams come true. That's, I'm just excited, but it's this tiny bit of holy and yeah, you can swear. Yeah, by all means. Yeah. If you need to let it out, by all means, let it out. Yeah. If it's holy shit, <laughs> I'm scared of it. Yep. So, well, first and foremost, I want to acknowledge you for going into that place, right? Because especially as somebody who deals with corporate, there's just like this polished, polished image and everything has to be right and perfect and there's no blemishes everywhere. So I just want to acknowledge your courage, right? Especially because this is really a conversation about courage. Yeah. that you're already displaying it to be seen, to be witnessed and uh, to be visible in this way. So that's number one. Number two, this split energy of, I want this, but I'm also scared of this, right? And I'm kind of always in limbo and I can't get past it. Is this something related to visibility? Like, is this something that shows up in other areas of your life or it's only related to this? 
I think it's also, uh, it shows up in other areas of my life. Um, and I think it's the um, fear of failure. Um, because um, when I started off, um, um, of my, in, in my career, in my very first job after, after university, the first job um, only lasted six months and uh, then the um, company was insolvent. And for me, um, you know, um, living in a different country and first time my, my really own um, car and, you know, everything was new and I, um, I had some, some debts. So that was really the trigger where I said, how, how do I pay my bills? And I had this situation, um, I think three times in the last 20 years where there was in three times the situation where I did not know how to pay the bills. And now this, this element where I, um, when I look at the business case and the business plan, I as a judge would say, sure, it will be successful, go for it. And my, my experience from, but what if not, can I pay the bills, um, is something that's holding me back. Got it. So, because you mentioned, okay, this was like, this happened right after I graduated. And it was the first of three kind of major events where I took this quote unquote risk or, or I made a big decision. I did the thing and then it didn't work out. And then I was left to figure it out. Otherwise I couldn't pay my bills. Right. So like yeah. a, you know, situation that m many entrepreneurs find themselves in ultimately, is this the first time you experienced a fear of failure or is that something that happened even before? Um, I'm not sure if it's um, the fear of failure or the fear of um, being over overwhelmed. Um, and I'm not sure whether the overwhelmed is, is the right term, but I, I don't know uh, the correct one. A um, couple of years earlier, let's say seven, seven, eight years earlier when I was um, 17, um, my uh, parents got divorced and um, the uh, brother of my mom um, told me that I ha now have to take care of my mom and of my, my little brother. And this um, responsibility for me as a 17-year-old just before um, um, just before graduating and being the first time in love. And it, this was way too much. And I really suffered from this situation a long time. And I think that was for me the first period where I had the impression or the, the feeling, not the impression, the feeling that I could not um, meet the expectations. They were just too high and I didn't know how to uh, how to deal with that and I think from my from my personal analysis now in this situation that was for me the first time where I didn't know how to deal with the situation 
Got it. So this fear of being, you mentioned it overwhelmed. That's the overwhelm comes from, I have so much responsibility on my plate, right? Like people are literally relying on me. Like it feels to a part of me, almost like life and death situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I have more demands on my time, my energy, and I'm juggling like 10 million different things. So that's what you're saying is is the, over. like, I don't want to go through something like that, that that's that overwhelming as a feeling. Is that accurate? That's accurate. Yes. Okay. So there's that fear that happened before you, I'm assuming, got into university. And then as soon as you yes. got on your own, six months into a job, no, no fault of your own, it sounds like a company goes bankrupt. You're now yeah. left again with this overwhelming sense of I have to, like, I have to make it work again. Yeah. And then that repeats multiple times. That repeats, um, let's say, once in, in well, twice in in uh, yeah in, in two other situations in my uh, first marriage um, I had a very big loan to do an international MBA um, and um, I took a very big risk because for me a um, hundred thousand euros was a lot of money that I want that I invested into uh, an MBA it's education for for two and a half years and during this period my first husband had a stroke and I had to instantly take on all the responsibilities and he was self-employed so I was instantly the breadwinner in with this loan plus again the company I was working with was was getting bankrupt so it was like also this the situation where i just didn't know what to do and the third um, element was um when i was uh, running my first um, um consulting company for for uh, uh eight years the first six years i had two really really um big clients, um, big names, um, MAN as an example, so part of the Volkswagen uh, group. And um, I, was, um, I was at that point in time living in Switzerland, but uh, the projects were in, in, in Europe and I did not have a network in Switzerland. So when this pr- project was over, I wanted to um, find a project um, within, um, within Switzerland. And it took, I didn't find a project, a new client within nine months. And that's where all my savings were then gone. So I, I had to close the company and then go to, to corporate. I mean, it, at that point in time, I, I was also fed up with working on my own. But that was the, se- the third time where I just thought, it doesn't work out the way I wanted it to be. Got it. And so what I'm hearing from the outside looking in, right? Because obviously this is the, the the first time that we've met, right? Yes. Um, the part that kind of connects it all together for me when I listen to you is when I am responsible, like me, for me, by me, and for others, that's like the scariest place to be 
But if I am in a team or with other people, then I actually excel and, and everything works out. So is, does that resonate with you? Yes, that does resonate with me. Okay. So if the commonality in the dips are always mm -hmm. me by myself in fear of overwhelm, in fear of responsibility, to me, that sounds like there's a level, like the confidence mm -hmm. is in some ways related to self-trust. And you can let mm -hmm. me know if that resonates with you or not. And to connect it back to your current or like what we started this conversation with, knowing that when I have to rely on myself and I have to trust myself to succeed, historically, things have fallen apart. If I now add visibility to it in a bright light, then the risk of adding massive embarrassment to it exponentially mm -hmm. increases. So mm -hmm. how does that relate to you? Um, I think that's pretty much spot on. And um, I mean, it, what, what I would like to add here is um, looking back at on, in all those situations, I had also in my consulting um, business when I was working for my own, on my own, um, I had periods of huge success. And then there was a tipping point where I, I wanted to change something, um, scale up and, and also yeah, bring in um, other people or, or change the market where it then didn't work out. And um, well, the, the other two elements um, with the situation of my, my former husband that yeah, I was, I was employed, but I had the impression that in the end I was on my own. Got it. So it always kind of comes back to when it's be by myself, then like, even when things are successful, I don't just kind of keep doing the thing that was successful. I make some change that then derails everything, right? It, it goes back um, to kind of reinforcing it or not. It's, it's, it's more, I would challenge myself and I would challenge the situation where I said, were you really on your own? Because if I, if I would have allowed other people to help me and reach out to a network that I have and reach out to other people. So this um, element, you, you think you are on your own, but actually you have a network, you do have people who want to help you, help you, just please let them help you. Okay, so then there's also a fear of bringing people in and being helped. Yes. Okay, so there's a lot of layers here, right? And, and I say mm -hmm. this with full love because this is how these things work, right? Like you, you, you unpack them, et cetera. So I did zero judgment by any, like I'm actually very appreciative for you for diving into this because it happens so much, right? It happens, especially with people that work to become successful, like just by like work, 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 work. So often these layers never get um, looked at and mm -hmm. inspected, et cetera. But if, if yeah. you look at the patterns, right? Like right now there's a fear of success, right? Like something always mm -hmm. changes right before I'm about to really like make it. Right. Yeah. 
I don't ask for help. So I have to shoulder the, the load the whole time. Yet yeah. I'm also so ridiculously scared of the overwhelm of taking all this responsibility because I don't know if I can trust myself to handle it all. And then what wants to emerge from me and my business is the dream is to be visible, to share this message, to go all out, right? So it's like all mm-hmm. culminating into uh, this one piece. So again, before I continue, how does all of that land for you? It's, um, it's, uh, how do I describe it? It nails it pretty much really to, to the bullseye and, and hearing it from you with all those different layers, it's like, wow, I haven't seen it that in that way ever. And I think that's also already something where I said, okay, I can, you know, calm down because a lot of this is in my head. I, I, I was tempted to say just in my head, but it is in my head. And that's where, you know, um, up leveling, uh, I'm, I'm up leveling your mindset. Um, I mean, <laughs> that's where I'm, that's why I'm here. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I mean, I would just add, like, I agree with that 100%. And I would add the nuance to it that, yes, the 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 beliefs around all of that, and there's probably mm-hmm. many to unpack. So basically, like, you're going to have, let's just say core beliefs and, and the, the core ones that we all have to some degree is like, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong mm-hmm. with me, right? Like, those are 110% going to be there. Yeah. But the more the more interesting ones for you are going to be what are like the survival strategy beliefs. So basically Mm -hmm. if at some point in my life, I, you know, made the conclusion as a kid that for whatever reason, like I wasn't good enough, Mm -hmm. I then ended up doing things and seeing out in the world evidence of why I'm not good enough. So then Mm -hmm. it became like, I started creating evidence for that in my life. So when I'm 17, well, because I'm not good enough, I can't ask for help. I have to shoulder all of this on. And and I'm just making this up. Like this might not resonate exactly yeah. with what is in, in your head. And that will take a lot more unpacking. But I'm just illustrating both for your point and for the listeners, right? We all have these kind of general umbrella um, core beliefs. Mm-hmm. And then it's the strategy beliefs of like, because I didn't feel safe in these situations, I had to figure out consciously or unconsciously how I'm going to navigate this world. So part of that was your behaviors. A big part of that, which you didn't really touch on today is going to be the feelings, right? Mm -hmm. In what situations and to what degree do I feel safe in my body? So without nerves, you know, without anxiousness, without like that kind of paralyzing fear response to actually do the things associated with my success. So those things themselves, when they form, they're also going to form these sub- um, survival beliefs, right? That are more situation and context and story specific. So on each one of the three that you mentioned today, there was probably another story and layer you added on, um, to each one. And again, no judgment that that is the beautiful process of processing all of these things. Um, and obviously that's beyond the scope of, you know, what we can kind of do today, but as somebody like yourself, like that is the path forward, right? It's mm-hmm. really looking at 
What are the pieces that weave throughout my story? Now that I know them, do I have the right tools? Do I know the processes that I can actually go in, not just change the beliefs, but then also work on my body to expand the capacity of what it's comfortable in so that when I step forward, I'm not faking confidence. I legit feel confident like I would drive a car, right? Like initially you're kind of scared, but it's through repetition. It's through also gaining the, the, the narrative that like I can do this. And now you just go and you drive a car, you don't think about it, right? So I know that was kind of a lot sent your way, but how does all of that uh, land for you? Um, very, very much. It does does resonate a lot. Can you explore, uh, explore a little bit more? Um, you were talking about um, how, it, how it does feel in my body so that I don't fake confidence, but I really am confident. I... How, where do I need to look in in order to identify that in my body that I have or I can can work on my body? That's that's what I didn't get. Okay, so well, okay, so just so I can better answer. So what was unclear about that piece? Because you summarized it well. So what, what was unclear for you? For me, it's unclear. Is well, how do I do it? How do you do it? Okay. How, so just just for for your explanation when when i think working on my body is um doing yoga putting on my running shoes or doing some exercises is this working on my body in in this air um, element or do you mean something else so yeah great question so yeah that would be working out or like working on your physical body 110 percent. what i mean is more your more as like a not nebulous topic, but like a subtopic of like working on my emotional body, my nervous system mm -hmm. body, right? So if, for example, you imagine yourself right now, we finish this call and you go to your LinkedIn and you press share on that KPG talk and you put it out into the world, how does that feel in your body? In my gut, it's like, squeezing it's like uh, okay so a lot of constriction fear yeah. like do not do this right that is the state that is your default reaction right now yeah. right i know the action that i need to do this is not a strategy thing but my nervous system that doesn't really speak in words it doesn't understand the consequences that that isn't thinking like an adult is deathly afraid of that. It constricts. You probably thought about this for a long time. Every time you think about it, you're like, I don't want to go down. This. this is annoying. Let me do something else. What's wrong with me? Why am I like this? It doesn't make sense that I should do that. And then we loop that because it distracts from the actual feeling on the inside. Right. Yeah. So, well, first and foremost, does that relate to your experience? Yes, it does. And um, when I now think, well, how can I work on my my body? I mean, your your access, um, your explanation with um, um, driving a car first, you're scared, and then you you just drive your car just as you would walk. Um, I was instantly thinking of well, what is a tiny example that I can use to actually build this muscle and share small things and get into this. Um, yeah, building my muscle to say, okay, now I'm 
hitting the share button. Got it. So, so great question. So the easiest way, at least in this context right now, is to start top down. So meaning from yeah. the head kind of back down to the body. So if you think of this statement, like it's scary for me to share my talk. First, does that resonate with you as like the words feel right to me or would you modify them in some way? I'm not scared to share the talk. I am. Uh, is it scared? No, I am scared to share my talk. Yeah. Okay. So when you say that statement, I'm scared to share my talk. Do you feel resonance of that constriction that we spoke about earlier? Uh, yes, a little bit. Okay. So who or what would you be if you lost the ability to think the thought, I'm scared to share my talk? I would be a super excited and proud woman to say, Ines, you did a hell of a good job. Okay. Tune into what that feels like. It feels um, like a relief. Like <sighs> Right. So is it, I am scared to share this video or to share my talk, or is it my thoughts are actually scared to share this thought? Because if you couldn't think the thought, I am scared, like if you lost the ability to think that, you yourself had the experience, well, I would be proud, I would feel relief, right? So it is your association in this simple example and the attachment to, I am scared to share this talk that is actually reinforcing and re-triggering the nervous system path that you've created around fear about this. Like it's triggering other parts of you that are scared. But if I take the like creator lens, I can then experience, oh, I would have relief. I would be excited. I'd be proud to share. And you felt that in your body, yeah. right? So yeah. how does all of that land for you? That's an amazing experience. And just this um, mindset shift where, and also your, your sentence, what if I take this, these feelings away or the, no, no, not these feelings, the, the thoughts away. It's like, that's an angle I've never thought of. And that's really, really exciting and helpful. Yes. And just to add nuance to that, because people get caught up in this loop, it's not take the thought away, because then what we get into is the, the guilt and the judgment of like, why am I thinking mm -hmm. like this? I shouldn't think like this, like push this thought away. This is not a good thought. Mm -hmm. I should be thinking positively. That's actually just more resistance to the process. Yeah. The exercise in this instance was if I lost the ability to think that thought, who or what would I be? Right. So if anybody listening or for yourself, right, like Byron Katie's inquiry, like goes in, that's one of the, the four questions. Um, so it's transcending the story so I can tap into my true essence and see, okay, who am I beyond the narrative? That's 
where the goodness lies. And this is an example of like, how can I try on this shirt, this shirt of, you know, pride in this particular context, like you're kind of trying it on. So it's one example of, of many of like how to actually step into and embody this new version of you. Um, but like a question was, how do I do this? But like, it is the repetition of processes like these. It is, as I always say, my coaching, like it's, it's hard to see the balcony or it's hard to see the building when you're on the balcony. Like you need either somebody or yourself to be very skilled at like, what is the big picture? What's all connecting? What's the actual narrative? What's the story? What's happening in your body? And then over time, you increase the capacity of that goodness to come into place. And it's much less about eliminating as it is about adding the, the fullness of yourself into the equation and then moving forward from there. So does that make sense for you? It makes a lot of sense. And I have to um, listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, 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 will, I, I could even send you the recording afterwards. So all good. <laughs> Um, but on that note, like, does that feel complete for you for today? Or is there still something left outstanding? That feels amazing and complete for today. Okay, awesome. So then if you can, I always ask guests to summarize it. So what did you like, what did you interpret as your business problems coming into like today's call? And then what were your realizations after we went through our conversation? Mm -hmm. So I thought my business problem was um, me um, questioning whether my niche was the correct one, whether my, my clients were the right um, industry that I was um, focusing on. And diving through um, the different stories it's actually my fear of success and my fear of not being good enough. And um, yeah, the, the help that I really appreciate is um, now the steps where, I, where you say, well, what if I lose the ability to think these scary thoughts? what happens next. And I think that's really the, the, um, the, the trigger or the, the um, um, releasing the brakes I was running with and just now, you know, pulling the, the gasp and then Beautiful. rock and roll. Yeah, right. Rock and roll is a good uh, <laughs> space to be in after something like that. So yes, thank you very much for that. Um, I'm glad that that's what surfaced for you. And uh, if you can then just close us off, let everybody know, you know, where to find you, who's the best person to find you, floor is yours for that. So uh, the best place to find me is on LinkedIn. Um, when you look up Ines Caps, it's I-N-E-S-K-A-P-S, or on my website, inescaps.com. I-N-E-S-K-A-P-S in one uh, words.com. That's the, the two elements where you um, find me um, the best. Awesome. Well, as always, we'll include that in the show notes. Uh, so Ines, thank you very much for being on and being so open and vulnerable. Uh, I know it's going to be a very useful episode for a lot of people. 
Um, and with everybody else listening, I will do my post uh, call wrap up right after this. Otherwise, uh, we'll see everybody on the next one. So there was a lot of stuff in uh, this episode with Inez. Um, so I'm going to touch on what I think are the key points. And, uh, you know, that there, there's a lot. Like I said, there's only so much we can go into one episode. All right. So the first thing is what I had spoken about in the episode about uh, the beliefs, right? So there is like the core belief woundings that we have, which is like, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. Uh, I'm unlovable. Like the core woundings that we have, they're like the simple childlike conclusions that we tend to make that are umbrella-like. So the reason we form these is, and again, this is not anything new if you've ever done personal development, but the reality is like when we are children before the age of seven, what it really comes down to is we have no filter during that time. We have no cognitive kind of front lobes or your your um, youngest brain, evolutionarily speaking, um, the part that does all the thinking for us. That there's no filter to discern what I'm experiencing in life. Is it what I think it is or is it not? It's just everything is absorbed directly in. So when you show you know some a drawing to your parents when they've just had a crazy day at work and they brush you off like it's safe to assume without knowing anything else without having any other data without having any filter oh my parents who as a child i'm completely dependent on and in some ways I view my parents as these like godly figures that can provide everything for me, that keep me safe, that I absolutely need in my life. They are most likely infallible if I show them something that I'm excited about and they give me this response that is not what I had expected or doesn't feel loving or safe to me. It is natural to conclude, hey, I... Uh, I'm unlovable. I'm not good enough because clearly if I was good enough, they would pay attention to me. So that's a story that we've heard many times and we all have these, you know, so welcome to being human. Um, what I think is more interesting and it came up in Inez's uh, conversation here where it's those core woundings oftentimes, not often, like 99% of the time have safety strategy or survival strategy beliefs, kind of like the subset of those beliefs. So now what are those? So if you have this thing that happens to you as a kid multiple times, like the it's not the first time your parents are gonna be busy to look at your, you know, drawing or creation, you conclude at once that, okay, I am not good enough. That's why they're not looking at my things. The subset of that is only the work they approve or only work that others approve makes me good enough. Only schoolwork and getting good grades gets me approval and love from my parents. So now 
you basically made conclusions that are the mirroring and the ripple or the echo of that core wounding. And they are now showing up in the more mature context of your life. So let's just say the, the school one, right? It is only when I excel in school that I get love. So as you grow up in life, that's going to shift to, well, if I get love in school and my parents want me to get a job, then if I get a good job, then that's the only time that I will actually get approval. So it's like, it's, it's a logical conclusion off of that. So now in order to survive to this part of you that ultimately felt I was not good enough, it had to make other conclusions about subsets of the world and different contexts of the world that reflect that original wounding of I'm not good enough. So you apply that to a job, um, you apply that to the car you drive, you apply that to the social circle that you have, right? As a generality, it's like the pattern then becomes, it is only the externals that actually provide safety, security, and ultimately love for me. Like I can't provide because I'm not good enough. So it's something external. So now you live in this fragile existence where unless the external is validating me, then that that's the part that keeps me safe because then it means I'm good enough. Like when I get this validation, then I am good enough. Cause in that moment, like I feel that relief, but then let's just say you're in a job or, you know, even as entrepreneurs, that's a nightmare. And, and many of us have been here, myself included, like, unless I scale the business, unless I can show the Lambo, unless I'm making the money that I feel like I should be making, unless I'm living the Instagram life, then I'm not good enough. So depending on the individual, like if you are somebody who has kind of upregulated survival strategy. So for you, I now do like you're somebody who might develop a survival strategy that goes as hard as they can full tilt to get all of the things, get all of the accolades, make all of the money in order for those things to fill this wounding of I'm not good enough, right? Then it becomes, if I succeed in my business, then I can feel like I'm good enough. So that is usually the, it, like their flip side is the same coin. Like on, on the other side, it's the underperforming where I'm crippled by the fact that I can't make my business work because if I try and I fail, then it's for sure that I'm gonna be not good enough. Like then the evidence exists out in the world and that's crippling. So I always hold myself back and that's kind of the self-sabotaging pattern, right? So you could say like one is the, the grind and hustle pattern. One is the uh, self-sabotage pattern, but fundamentally they're two sides of the same coin of I'm not good enough. It just now depends on do you over-regulate, do you under-regulate? And then that's how it actually shows up. So this is, you know, broad strokes, how you want to look at the uh, beliefs, right? You have your core woundings. And the other thing that, to note here, especially uh, in your healing and how this shows up in your business, for complete healing, and I say this in air quotes because like, when is it ever complete? Because it always shows up um, whenever you up level, you will have the same thing now showing up in a different context. So the work never really ends. Um, but for the most part, like I, I want to have these results, therefore I have to heal this part of myself. 
what you really have to recognize is that you have to work on both. So you got to work on the core belief of I'm not good enough. But note that they're extremely context dependent. So they will show up every single time you have um, these business scenarios that come up, right? Can I afford this car? How big is my tax bill? How big is my business? I go to a conference. I see this person that I get to compare. Like they will show up in all those instances and that is okay. Just know that take a step back, accept it, notice it, and then use the tools to work through all of those beliefs. And on the call, you know, we dived into a very small sliver. I said, you know, it's Byron Katie's inquiry. I use that a lot in my coaching as well. Right. So one aspect is to like begin to build up that, um, you know, like that up level body that can hold the success that you're looking for. And a part of that is exploring the question of like, if I didn't associate with these beliefs and thoughts, who would I be? If I, if I took the creator frame and realized that I'm the creator of my beliefs, I'm the creator of my thoughts, then I'm also the creator that decides and has the power of choice to associate with those um, or observe them and then take the lens that I'm the creator, therefore I can move beyond them. So if you need help with that, because that's a that's a much deeper discussion and obviously very personalized. Um, if you need help with that, by all means, reach out and uh, everything is on Uplevel Mind. So whether on Instagram or uplevelmind.com and uh, let's get on a discovery call and see how I can help you overcome your business ceiling by working to heal the things that are happening inside. Thank you for listening and uh, we'll see you on the next one.